John Bailey here, uh, Leader to Leader uh, with Pastor John Bailey, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Uh, this is our second uh, episode, and today I am thrilled to have uh, Gary Wilkerson, who is a good friend, uh, but he is also the president here at World Challenge, and I tell you what, a great voice uh, here in the days that we live. Uh, he has been such an encouragement uh, to me and so many others. And today we want to take a few moments uh, to to talk about his life and ministry. Next week, uh, the, the next episode that we're going to do, uh, we want to talk about the state of the church uh, and, and talk about ways for the church to thrive in, in the midst of the difficulties that we face. Uh, but today in particular, I want to talk to uh, Gary about his journey, uh, his journey of faith and ministry. And so uh, Thanks, welcome, Gary. Good to have you with yeah, me today. I love it. I always enjoy t- my time with you. We, uh, this is, we're a little newer as far as sitting in here in the studio doing a podcast together, but we're, I suppose we do spend a lot of time together on the road, uh, preaching at conferences, um, also then staff meetings and a lot of activities here at World Challenge. So good to be here with you in this context. Yeah, you know it's uh you know it it's always easy to say you know uh to to say this at, at a podcast or in public, but really in private, uh, what you see with Gary is what you get. I mean, just a man that loves Jesus and loves people, and we're really honored to have him today. And uh, one of the things that uh, we all know is that you are the son of uh, not just a not just a pastor, but uh, a really huge figure over the over several decades, and uh, I want to really focus today on this particular podcast because I know that there's a lot of pastors and leaders, and maybe you've taken over uh, for your father or have other family members in ministry, and sometimes it can be hard to find your voice and who you are in the midst of following other people in ministry. And I think Gary has been an incredible example of that. The uh, his personality is very different. His ministry is very different from his father, uh, and yet the heart is still the same. And so uh, maybe if I would just maybe start off in asking you the first question today, Gary, is, mm-hmm. you know, what were some of the challenges in having this bigger-than-life figure, mm-hmm. uh, David Wilkerson, Brother Dave, you know, yeah. that we also know and love, uh, and being raised in that home and finding your those first years of ministry and finding your feet? Yeah, why I think that question could be, uh, encouraging to those who listen to us today would be, even if their father's not, you know, they're not following in their father's footsteps, you know, at, at some point in time, they're going to be following in somebody's footsteps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a youth pastor, and then, you, be, you know, became a missionary, then became a pastor. You, you, know, you, you know, at one point, you were uh, a youth pastor, then you became the senior pastor of that church, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. So, then you followed a, a guy, and it was a difficult setting for you there, because the guy in front of you was not functioning very biblically or properly, and um, you know, so all of us have to face this thing of okay, how you know the su- succession? How how do you lead? Uh, you know, in light of a leader in front of you. So David Wilkerson, my father, uh, founded Teen Challenge Drug Rehabilitation Program, which is massive. I just got back from Georgia. Uh, you know, leaders from all over the world, Asia, Africa, talking about new. You know, properties that God gave them and a new 100-bed facility and hundreds of drug addicts getting set free. Yeah. So that that ministry is thriving, still going on. And you sit on the board yeah. for yeah. International Teen Challenge, I do, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm one of the board members. I was the chairman of the board, but uh, uh, a, a new fellow that used to be the CEO stepped off as CEO, and we placed him as chairman of the board, which mm. I'm happier because I don't like running the meetings like the Robert's Rules of Order thing. But anyway, you did ask me a question I was going to try to try to get to. Um, yeah, I think there's pros and cons of 
of, of any mm. fa- you know father son ministry exchange, uh, or even before there's an exchange, just how they relate together and how how that how that family dynamic works. Uh, some people do it really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Some some people, the ones I think that don't do it well are when you see a clone. You see you see father and son, and they just they have the same suit on, same hairstyle, uh, same kind of you know they're either, they're either, you know have the same kind of voice and intonations as they preach. Um, now that could be natural, and that's fine, uh, but a lot of times that seems to be to me it looks like it's put on uh, because very rarely does a father and son have the exact same personality, and so um, so the that uh, the 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 cons of the difficulty in being raised in a home like that is your expectations are that's what ministry is. Everything you do, you know, has a, the touch with, you know, multitudes getting saved or multitudes starting this ministry or, uh, you know, the, and that the expectation and not everybody, you know, not everybody starts a teen challenge or not everybody starts a Times Square church or not anybody starts a world challenge. And so to try it, so if you're not careful and letting the Holy Spirit tell you to be yourself, you kind of feel like that's what I'm supposed to be. That level of success is the only, that's the watermark, and I have to aspire to that. And God gives us each different levels of success, and and we need to be, my heart has learned to be more grateful for what he's given me rather than uh, angry at what I don't have. You know, So I'd say that was one of the cons. Uh, the other con would be, i say, you know, and I know Billy Graham's children face this as well. The father gone a whole lot. Uh, there's sometimes when your father's gone a lot, there's an empty space in your heart. Some people have their fathers abandoned them or were were really horrible fathers. So that's even worse than what I experienced. But, you know, we don't compare like, oh, your father was a little better than mine or mine better. But, you know, there's each of us have our own stories to tell. And some of us have stories where our fathers were somewhat absentee or even when they were present, they weren't fully present. They were thinking about, uh, I got to do this next and um, I have my vision for that. And, and so that, those were some of the difficulties. The, on the flip side, some of the encouraging things was to see uh, faith. You know, like uh, I'd, I'd say the, the word faith comes to mind when I when my father believed God for something, he all in, and it, and it worked uh, such so fruitfully because of his faith that God could do the impossible. Um, and then authenticity. He, you know, like you said about me, that was kind. You were mm-hmm. kind to say that. You know, what you see is what you get. That he was that way as well. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who had been. Uh, so mightily used by God. He was extremely humble, and he always deflected the glory to God. It's like, hey, thanks for that compliment, uh, but, you know, let's, let's focus our, fix our eyes on Jesus. And he turned down all kinds of opportunities. He probably four or five different presidents invited him to the White House. He never once went. Not that it's bad to go to the White House if the president invites you, but he just didn't want to—he just didn't feel called to walk in the circles of the high and mighty. He felt called to work in the circles of the down and out, the lowly and the— and the broken, and the and the the troubled, and the addicted, and the the lost, and the the the, the go for the the one sheep that goes astray rather than ninety nine. So learning those lessons at home was phenomenal. Yeah, and I working here at World Challenge, I see those values uh, that have been instilled for many years, and they mm-hmm. continue on. Where uh, yes, there's great platforms for pastors and leaders and doing conferences, but I love that the heart is still for the widow and the orphan and the broken and the marginalized and uh, lifting people up that are in the most difficult of places. And, uh, and yes, that was something that your father did. And you have carried that on so, uh, so remarkably well. And it's uh, really uh, great to see that. Yeah. This, this, I 
it's encouraging to hear you say that because, you know, you've been with us for two years. We've known each other for 20 and worked together on various projects and outreaches mm-hmm. and conferences. Uh, but, you know, working hand-in-hand the last two years has been good. And, you know, hearing you say that, that, that blesses me to, you know, some of those some of those DNA-type things that pass down. You know, yeah. giftings don't always pass down. Like, he had a prophetic mantle on his life. I don't have that. I, I don't— I don't know what's going to happen at the end times. I don't know what's going to happen to America. You know, and and I know what the Bible says, and I just get up and preach it. You know, I try, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. and so uh, certain things don't pass down. But you hope other elements of a ministry are earmarked by certain things, and you know, one of them, I pray, would be uh, again uh, putting the glory back onto Jesus and not self. Uh, you know, glory. We're going to be talking about next episode about some of the difficulties in the church, right? One of them, I think, is. It's so easy to be in this, you know, like a rock star pastor or a rock star <laughs> worship leader or, you know, you, you can get this big following and, and the hype and the book deals and the big buildings and the, the, you know, before long you're riding in jets and limousines and staying at swanky hotels and, uh, you know, uh, just not not rooted and grounded. And so I think that's that's as much success as my father had. He's always stayed rooted and grounded. When he passed away, he was he had moved from New York City where he had an apartment in Manhattan, nice apartment, but it was small, uh, and he moved because he was his health was starting to fail. So he moved to here to Colorado, and he had a little two bedroom apartment. He had a Honda Accord. He had, um, you know, most of you know he, he was kind enough to give his children an inheritance and leave some money to World Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he kept a savings, but uh, but but anything anything that he had, he pretty much had given away. Uh, he was definitely generous. Well, I'd say generosity would be another thing. Uh, you know, that's uh, the grandkids always teased about like. They wanted to sit next to Grandpa uh, during meals because he usually had like a twenty in his pocket. Like, hey, here, go, you know, go, go, go buy yourself a toy after, you know. So whoever gets to sit next to Pop, yeah, but just always think about give, give, give. And when we did pastors' conference, he would always, you know, he'd keep uh, some money in his pocket and like, here, go, you know, go buy your wife a dress or some shoes, or hey, go spend a weekend away, you know, to these poor pastors in Poland and yeah. uh, you know uh, places in Africa that. Uh, you know, it's not about money, but it's just about, you know, it's it's the spirit of Christ being generous and giving. So th- those are some of the precious things that I'll always hold in and grateful that they have filtered down into World Challenge. I believe we're a generous mm-hmm. uh, ministry. I believe we try to keep humble uh, and yet believe in faith. We have great faith to believe that God does the impossible and nothing's mm-hmm. too nothing's too uh, big for the Lord. He can do it all. What what a great testimony! And uh, you said something that was interesting to to me, and I think it's something that should really be um, kind of really honed in on a little bit. But the the fact of not trying to be a clone, that God, you know, God always gives what we need when we need it, and so uh, I think that America needed a David Wilkerson, and God raised him up. Uh, at the at the at, uh, at the point that World Challenge needed a Gary Wilkerson, he raised a Gary Wilkerson up. But you did not need to be a clone of your father. You right. both have different personalities and giftings, uh, but God has used you in powerful ways. And so, one question that I might ask you that might be helpful: Did you ever feel the pressure? to try to conform to what, whether you, it was your expectations uh, or your father's or other people that expected you to be a clone of David Wilkerson. Did you ever feel the pressure to do that? And how did you navigate through yeah. that? I did feel the pressure, but never gave into it. It was never something that w- was expected of me from those who, you know, we, we tend to take our cues from those who are closest to us. The crowds mm-hmm. don't usually... Um, encourage us one way or another that much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but th- those you honor and admire, you know, what they think of you is important to you. And so um, my father thought of me and my mom thought of me uh, in the highest light is when you're yourself. Just be yourself mm-hmm. and don't, you know, don't try to be anybody else. And and seeing some seeing some good role models early on, uh, like, you know, not that I'm comparing myself to the Graham family. We're, you know, we're, we're much smaller ministry and, uh, you know, we've not had the world impact that they've had. But, you know, to some degree, an evangelist and evangelist son. Uh, and so I, I, I learned a little bit from Franklin Graham. He's a little bit older than me, and he's he's written some books mm-hmm. about his relationship with his father. And, and he's a guy to me that was very much, um, you know, not a clone. He has some of the elements that are similar, but yet— Definitely, you see him as his own man. That's a good. That's a good model for me. Uh, but yes, felt a little pressure from outside, but no pressure from inside, and then a little bit of pressure for myself. Uh, you know, I want to. I don't necessarily want to be like him in the sense of, you know, like I, I would never scream in the pulpit. And he was kind of a. Sometimes he'd hit the fist in the pulpit and raise his voice. I'm more of a, a soft spoken. So I, I knew who that's what I was. So I was never. I never got up in the pulpit, and screamed and shouted. That was just not. I was never going to try to be that. So um, and he was totally fine with that and blessed me and spoke into me. Uh, in in my later years, with him traveling at these pastors' conferences we did, we did about 120 pastors' conferences together in 72 different nations it was. And, um, you know, he, he was at that stage when I was more in my 40s and 50s, he was more of a mentor, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, younger years, obviously more father. And, you know, then when I first started working with him at Times Square Church, more of a boss. And then later years, more of a mentor. And that was fun because he gave me some good in, insight into ministry leadership principles and preaching ideas as well. Well, that is that is incredible. And just not to, you know, we don't really do commercials here, but I w- just throwing this out, uh, Gary wrote a book on his father, a uh, biography of David Wilkerson, and it is literally one of the best biographies I've ever I've ever read. And one of the things that I loved about it was your father being a Christian leader, but you were able to go into it and just be honest about maybe some of the things that were great qualities and maybe other things that you struggled with or maybe the uh, so it wasn't presented in a way that everything was just flowery. It was presented in a very realistic way. And uh, I, I think if anybody is uh, maybe gone through, it would first be great to just read for the inside of it. Maybe it would just uh, maybe share a little bit about the process that you went through mm-hmm. and writing that book. It had to be. Yeah, um, I had to. I had yeah. to choose uh, whether I was going to. There's two types of biographies, and both are good. Yeah. Um, one is well. There's actually probably three types. One, you know, one is you're blasting people. I had no need or reason or desire to do that, Absolutely. and there was no. I had no. I would have no fuel to do that if I, if I wanted to. <laughs> um, and then the second kind is kind of a puff piece, like they're they're, they're like they're these super. Saints, supernatural, almost like having, you know, like an angel descended, and and you know, I've read all those novel, not novels, I've read all those biographies, and you know, and sometimes autobiographies, and you're like, oh, I aspire to be like that man, but then you never can. I remember like reading a book called Praying Hyde when I was young, Christian, and uh, he prayed eight hours a day, so I thought, oh, I want to be like that, and ten minutes into it, I go, yeah, I'll choose something else. That's not, <laughs> that's not me. So, uh, so I, I chose not to write it as something that would be so far out there as a hero mm-hmm. that, you know, no one could aspire to be like that. So it, it was kind of like uh, we're, all, we're all our jars of clay, earthen vessels, as Paul calls it. Uh, so I, I kind of wanted to tell the story where I honor my father, and rightfully so because he's he's worthy of, of uh, to give honor where honor is due. Uh, but at the same time, uh, make it real too, just what, what are some of the struggles. Uh, so, for instance, you know, wrestling with— to, 
you know, does God, growing up in a legalistic home, does God really love me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the new covenant came out of that, finding out who he was loved by God. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, him traveling a lot, some of you know, my three siblings and myself kind of felt like we wished he'd been home a little bit more. So, so, so we, we delve into that a little bit, but all in all, it's not really about some of the struggles. It's about, you know, uh, the man of faith that, that, that that's really what we wanted to try to communicate and encourage people. Even if you have struggles, even if you, you know, family difficulties, even if your <clears throat> personality is a certain way that people rub people wrong, you know, those things don't, you know, you want to correct them and change them, but grow in those things. But, really through it all believe that God is faithful and he can do great things through us. Amen. Uh, any final words of encouragement that you would want to offer uh, maybe to a pastor leader uh, that's listening today that uh, are going, hey, they see Gary Wilkerson, they see what God has done in your life and maybe some words of encouragement to help them in their journey. Yeah, I think what's on my mind is, not, uh, you know, we've been talking particularly about father and son ministry relationship here, but I touched on it briefly. You know, it's not always father and son. Sometimes it's uh, you're, you're getting stepped up into a new position than somebody else. You know, it's like, like in a ministry like ours, somebody could be, yeah. you know, um, it, it may be in a, just, have, just having just started with us and we see their skills and all of a sudden they get promoted and somebody mm-hmm. else comes into their place now. How, how do you, and then, you know, all that stuff happens. So how, how do you navigate uh, changing in positions, both from the point of view of uh, maybe even uh, the point of like, okay, I'm going to step down of senior pat. You, you know, you did that in Florida. Mm-hmm. How do how do I step down and do that? And you know, we don't have time to go into that. That could be a whole other podcast. But but basically, being from both sides, from the one who is uh, stepping into the position, like I did here at World Challenge, and the mm-hmm. one who's maybe stepping out. My father was still alive when he handed the mantle of this ministry to me. Uh, you know, just and so in that Times Square Church, he did that with Carter Conlon. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to see how, and you did that well in, in, in Florida, see how well these transitions work, and um, but stepping into it. And what I want to say about that was when you step into a position like I had to do here, uh, be yourself. You know, don't try, to be some, don't try to be like the former leader. Follow their lead in the sense of culture and vision as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, honor the old, and that's what we did here at World Challenge. We honored the past, but uh, esteeming the past, but looking to the future as well. And there's always some certain changes you're going to make. Uh, and don't be afraid to make those changes, but don't go wholesale out there and just like, you know, if you're new at a church, you've just taken over pastorate. And don't don't just go in and blow everything up and fire everybody and, uh, you know, tear the building down and buy new land. You know, just, uh, you know, get rid of all your elders and start, uh, you know, be careful about the process mm-hmm. because uh, I, I think, you know, unless you're coming from a very unhealthy environment and you need to make all those changes, which is very rare, um, then you can take from the past, build on that, and grow in in the future as well. Have add add your vision. It's kind of like, you know, talk about the you know, uh, my my uh, my floor is there. Uh, ceiling, the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that's the you know, or my no, my ceiling is, is their floor. That's their, <laughs> yeah. they're up there. You know, and so that's you know, you're, you you got to see yourself as I, I need to take this what has been handed to me by this leader and the people and God uh, to steward it well and to see it increase. I don't want to see world challenge status quo, stay the same stuck, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, just, just, but I want to see it advance the kingdom of God and grow. And uh, I think this podcast is going to be a great tool uh, in our pastors network of seeing pastors stirred in faith to believe God for the supernatural, to believe for a move of God in your church, to see a revival break out 
um, that that is really our heart cry. That is really good. It's and just you know, and it's such a what you're saying is so biblical. Always honor the past. It's always the good thing, whether it's a family member or somebody that's done ministry uh, prior to you. Always honor the past, unless there's something that's immoral. But mm-hmm. you always want to honor the past, but then always have a vision for the future uh, because you can't live in the past. Right. You got to move. I want you know, uh, d- just it's yeah. a little similar as as they were spiritual sons. But you know, in talking to Pastor Carter Conlon, mm-hmm. uh, because he took he took the you know Times Square Church over for your dad. Right. And I know in conversations he said, you know, uh, so many people are like. Well, you're just not David Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. And then he had to, you know, find his own yeah. feet. And then when uh, Pastor Tim Delina takes yeah. over, then then he has people that's like, well, you're just not Carter Conlon. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but what's true at every step of the journey, and I've seen it, they've always honored the people that were there before them, and then they've always found the vision. And I think it's what I love about you, Gary, is you know who you are, and you know what God has called you to do, and you follow that. And yes, thank God for the honoring of the past. But the vision that God has given you for the future is so good. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if you're a pastor or leader, just remember that. Something that you can really take away. Yeah. You see somebody who has walked with God for years, uh, has a great heritage, but then he knows always honor the past. And then as you step into the future, get know who you are and step into that future saying, God, what, what do you want to do? Uh, moving forward. So great words of advice. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Good being with you today. Yeah. Would you um, take a moment and pray for maybe some of the pastors and leaders that are watching today? Yeah. Lord, we thank you for this new endeavor of putting together this Leader to Leader with Pastor John Bailey podcast. We thank you that uh, many have signed up for it already, and we're already touching thousands of lives and churches and leaders and so we pray for them right now that uh, this this content would be something that strikes a chord in their heart, opens up their minds and their eyes to a new, fresh revelation of all that you can be for them. And as we've discussed, to some degree, faith today and to some degree, uh, believing God even when there's transition and you're stepping into something new, that we're going to believe you for great things. And we thank you for that uh, blessing on all those who hear in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us, uh, Leader to Leader with Pastor John Bailey. And uh, the next time that we come back with Gary, uh, we're going to be talking about the challenges and the days that we live and standing as a, as a voice uh, of freedom and power in the days that we live. So thank you for being with us. Yeah. Thanks, John.